At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and today is an episode unlike any we've ever done before because it's going to be about Big Brother. So any Big Brother fans, uh, this is the episode for you, but also if you've like never heard of Big Brother or you've heard of it but have no idea what it is, uh, we're going to be talking with Angela and Swaggy from the show who both have partners who are currently away filming. So we're going to chat with both of them and get their experience. We're going to get a little bit deeper into uh, you know, how they manage their relationships, the things that they've done post Big Brother. So uh, if you're not very familiar with the show, you'll definitely get a little bit familiar. And as always, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about each of their individual lives and, you know, what they're, what they're getting into these days. So first, we're going to start off with Angela who again is best known for being a TV personality on season 20 of Big Brother. Um, But beyond the small screen, her list of accolades is long. Uh, She's a level 10 gymnast. She's a fitness model, an entrepreneur, a business owner, a professional pole vaulter, a 2012 Olympic team trials competitor, a best-selling author, and now she is a vegan chef. She is literally a boss-ass bitch. And like her social media, she is is just like doing amazing things over there. Um, so very excited to chat with her to learn a little bit more about her passions behind health and fitness, um, a little bit about her being vegan today and being plant-based. As you all know, I'm also plant-based. Um, and then also a bit about how she's managing uh, her relationship with Tyler being away filming Big Brother currently and um, a bit about their romance journey. So With all that said, super excited to chat with Angela. So let's welcome her to the show. So welcome, Angela, to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Of course. I'm so excited. Yes. It's a little like Bachelor meets Big Brother. I didn't know that I would see this day come. It's uh, very (laughs) exciting because I've never actually talked with anyone from Big Brother before. So um, I'm super excited to have you here. I have not watched the show. It... It, it scares me. It scares me. <laughs> it's the fact that it's a no, live feed 24-7. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I also don't have yeah, cable, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, there is CBS All Access, but whatever. Um, yeah, the okay. show scares me too. And watching it back after you're on it is like a whole nother experience. It, like, you go through it again, like, internally. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, like... From Bachelor, you know, we film and then we have to wait like, you know, several weeks, a month, whatever, depending on what time you leave before you see it. But when you see it, it's not the full picture. But with this, I mean, you can literally come back home and like rewatch everything. Everything that happened. Yeah. Every minute of every day is being recorded. Isn't that wild? Think about how much video that is. How do they even store that? That's my question. That must must just be like so much footage because there's a hundred. I think there's like a hundred cameras in the house. One. Oh my god! Yeah, that's cameras. a lot of a lot of storage, <laughs> like Wait, for technology. There's a camera in the bathroom, like that's watching you oh, pee. Wow. They don't that's watch intense. that one. That one is a safety camera, but there's one that's literally watching you do your business. It's recorded. Wow. So, I mean, how do you feel like, I mean, one of the things that we talk about on like when we're filming for Bachelor is like, just be yourself. Like it might feel uncomfortable that there's cameras, but like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like just be yourself because otherwise you'll watch it back and it'll be this weird version of yourself. Right. So like, how does it feel knowing for like when you go on that you're literally being watched 24 seven, that all of this, it's not even like people are going to pick and choose what gets shown, but that like literally everything is going to be shown. So I'm curious, like the mental and emotional process to like being authentic in that kind of setting works. 
Yeah, no, totally. Actually, what I, my personal experience was I, like after the first week of knowing that I'm on camera, you kind of just forget that they're there and they just Mm -hmm. become a part of life. And so it's so easy to be yourself because there's not like cameramen that are like walking around you, like in your face and stuff. Like the cameras are just like on the wall and they'll like move a little bit. They'll go like up and down, right and left and whatever. Mm -hmm. But you kind of just forget they're there. And so it's really easy to be yourself. And I think, um, you're yourself, you really just, just like, they just like blend in, you know, you don't even know that they're there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is a good point that it's just cameras and not like actual cameramen, like in your face. Whereas on Bachelor, like it's literally, they're like chasing you, like making sure that they get things, Uh you know, that it's like, you got to really be there. Um, But yeah, I could see where if they're just there in the house that you, that they just kind of fade to the background. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And you met your boo on the show and on social media, you guys are honestly so freaking cute. Oh, thanks. Oh my God. I can't take it. Uh I miss him so much. Like I've never, I didn't think I could possibly miss someone as much as I miss him right now. It's like, it's the hardest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. But, Cause when you guys meet on the show, you're together for like a hundred days mm-hmm. straight. Yeah. Like you basically move in with, I moved in with my boyfriend before he was my boyfriend. It's like, it's crazy. You move in with these people before yeah. you meet them. It's wild. And Tyler and I, neither one of us wanted a showmance. We both said before we went on the season, we were like, no showmances. I'm all business. I'm just going to go in there, you know, steal the deal, mm-hmm. walk away with the money. And we both wound up in a showmance. And like, we've spent every single day of our life together since we, we met that premiere night three years wow. ago now. Crazy. Wow. And you, you both have like started businesses. Like, I mean, you just seem like a complete boss ass bitch. And I'm like, she is killing it. Like you are working it girl. Yeah. I love the whole like entrepreneurial stuff is just like, it just like connects with me and I like love doing it. And it's cool because like, I've been able to teach Tyler more about that. Cause I had a business before I went on big brother. I had like a little like handmade home decor business And then we got off of Big Brother. We were like, what could we do together? And I had this jewelry company that I had started like seven years ago that I had like been playing with. I wanted to get it off the ground. I never really had the opportunity to. So we both kind of pulled it out of the closet together and just started like playing with the idea of like, maybe we'll like launch this company together. And then two years ago, no, actually one year ago, it was one year and like a month ago, uh, we launched it and it's just done so well. It's been so much fun. And it's crazy because like, we both have such a strong connection to the ocean. And like before, like I had started this seven years ago when um, we didn't even know each, like I didn't even know he existed. And like it Mm -hmm. matches us so well. It's just, it was, everything just feels like meant to be. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so sweet. And I'm... (laughs) I'm wondering because this literally was something I just posted about uh, this week about solo time while you're in a relationship. And I'm curious, like you had just said, you know, you guys have spent like every day together and now now he's away filming. And we'll like, I, I imagine is the first time that you guys have had like significant distance. So I'm wondering like how, if there ever is solo time individually for the two of you, like pre him leaving for filming, or if this is really like a huge shakeup for and like a relationship transition for the two of you. Yeah. So since, since I got evicted on the show, um, two years ago, we spent five days apart. That was the longest time we've ever been apart was when I got evicted and he was still in the house for five days before the finale. And then we spent like two nights apart when I had to go home for, I was finishing my last book that I wrote and I needed to go home to just like isolate myself and just like knock out the last two chapters. So I was just like, I'm going to go home, take two days and just like bang this out. That was the only other two days that we've spent apart. And every single day we're together within like three feet of each other. Like we're literally Mm. attached to the hip, like physically. Mm-hmm. And so we, this is the first time we've ever really spent any significant, and this is like significant time apart. Yes. We talk to each other. We can communicate. Yeah. I can see him on the live feeds, but I haven't been watching the live feeds. But um, mm-hmm. actually before the show like started to do the whole like two week sequester before I had to go to Mexico to finish shooting all the content for my cookbook. And I was going to push that trip back so that he would leave before me. But the, like the big brother producers had pushed the season back so many times that I, my trip had gotten locked in. I couldn't do anything about Mm -hmm. it, but it was actually kind of a blessing in the skies because we were able to be apart from each other, but still have like a ton of communication. So it was like little like baby steps into it. Like we had that 
week when I was in Mexico where we literally were on FaceTime like 24 seven. Like I had my phone always on FaceTime. Like he was always like there with me. And then mm-hmm. he got into the sequester. They took his phone away and then he would get it like a couple, couple hours a day to like talk to me. And then they took it away completely. So it was like a nice little like transition. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I couldn't have done just like being yeah. there every day to nothing. I would have lost my mind. Like I needed this transition. Yeah. Yeah, that is a nice, very like slowly weaning yourself <laughs> to become accustomed uh, to a little bit of that distance. And you said that you're not watching the live feed now. I feel like that would be like very tempting, knowing that like whenever you wanted, you could just watch him. Yeah, and I, I people have asked me a lot about this. They're like, why aren't you watching the live feeds? And kind of like two reasons. First and foremost is we have a company together and then I have another company and then we have all our social media partnerships and then we have, yeah. and so I, you're like, I'm busy so much to do that. I know if I turn those live feeds on, I will get no work done this summer and I can't have that. So that's the first reason. And then also I feel like it's unfair that I can turn him on and watch him and he can't see me. So I'm like, if we're in this together, like I'm going to struggle as much as you are and we're going to get through this together and when we come back to each other, we're going to be on the same page still. And that's what I really want to like is make sure is make sure that we're on the same page when he comes out. Cause that was something yeah. that I struggled with letting, like when we were going over this decision, whether it would make sense for us is that we've always been on the same page every single second of our lives. And big brother messes you up in the head, like mm-hmm. really long adjustment period before you can get back to like real life and like being able to be in the world again. Like it's really a, yeah. It's months of adjusting. And I wanted, I was worried that, you know, he was going to be adjusting and I was going to be like, no, I was going to just be, we would just like throw us off. And we've never been like on different pages. So I was really worried about that. And I just feel like if I'm not able to see him and he can't see me, maybe we'll be on a closer page when that time comes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then sense, but I feel like, yeah. <laughs> No, that that does make sense. I think the, you know, he can't see me, but I can see him. Like that part would feel a little uh, funky a bit. I could, I could understand that. Um, So then are you planning, I I imagine these were discussions that you both had before he left. um, But then when he gets back, is that something that you'll feel like the two of you will watch back together and feel like you're on the same page of like experiencing that? I think so. I think so a little bit. Um, Actually, I don't know if he's going to want to watch it back right after. Mm -hmm. I think what we kind of talked about, like our strategy coming off the show is going to be in. And I think I'm just going to like take care of his social media for a long time Mm -hmm. and just kind of like gradually like let him get his phone back because all of it at once is just so overwhelming. Yeah. I think we need a really totally steps this time because we didn't do that last time. We got our phones back and then we were just like hit with this like whirlwind of yeah. we, went, we went into the house, nobody knew who we were. And then you come mm-hmm. out and all of a sudden your phone has your Instagram says three hundred something thousand followers and you're like, What yeah. the hell? It's crazy. Yeah. And then like yeah. you know more about you than you know about yourself. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping yeah. the second time through, it's going to be a little less harsh since we've he's already gone through it once. Yeah. All right. Time for a short break right here. I want to share again, one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast. You probably already guessed it. It is BetterHelp. And y'all know that they provide professional counseling. This is not a self-help service. Uh, this is a safe, private online environment where you are matched with a licensed professional counselor. So if you're struggling with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, self-esteem, LGBT matters, family conflicts, uh, they have licensed professionals that specialize in a variety of things. So I'm sure that you'll be able to match with... I'm sure that you will be able to get matched with someone um, who will be best to fit your needs. And if you are matched with someone and it doesn't feel like it's a good fit, you can easily be switched for free. So that's a huge, huge bonus with working with BetterHelp. And they also do offer financial assistance. So definitely make sure to check that out if you are struggling with finances. I know therapy is not always easy to afford. Um, and then I've, I've mentioned this in the past, but um, for any of you new listeners, uh, BetterHelp is actually seeking therapists. So um, in, any, in, in all 50 states, they're recruiting additional counselors. So um, if you are currently a counselor and looking for some extra work, definitely check them out. Um, 
And I just honestly want you all to know that like it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to get some help. So I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash talk about it. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash talk about it. And now we can get back to talking about all the things. <laughs> now, like I imagine just talking about how difficult it can be afterwards, like what what was the motivation for him to go back on and like for you guys to have this separation to know that it was going to be really difficult. Like I imagine part of you maybe didn't necessarily want him to go. Like, I feel like that'd be a really hard decision to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like totally. Yeah. You should go and do that. (laughs) It was, it was really hard. And we went back and forth so many times over the past couple months, but at the end of the day, we neither Tyler nor myself are the type that will ever back down from an opportunity. And this is a really amazing opportunity Mm -hmm to go back on yeah. and compete on an all-star season. And like Tyler is a big brother, super fan. So this is like his Olympics and like, yeah, I couldn't live with myself. If I was like, don't go yeah. compete in your Olympics. Like, yeah. I, I, cause you literally like were training yeah. for the Olympics. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> I couldn't even like relate to that. Like, what if I had a boyfriend that was like, you know what? I don't want you to go away for the Olympics. You can stay here with me. I would be like, you must yeah. hate me. Like mm-hmm. there's no way that I could ever let him turn down that opportunity but at the same time, he felt guilty for leaving me because he knew that I was yeah. taking all of his responsibilities on my shoulder and mm-hmm. also was leaving me during a pandemic. So it's like, yeah, it was really, there was just so many factors and variables to weigh. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it came down to like, this is an amazing opportunity and it's yeah. temporary. And if any couple can get through this, it's us. Yeah. Well, I feel like y'all both have like some high relationship confidence. Like you both feel like very secure and and confident in your relationship. Um, How? Question. Yeah. Uh Um, How did you guys like do anything like special for like your last days together? Like what did that look like? Um, We were. I feel like I would be like an emotional wreck. I would just be crying the whole time. Be like, don't leave me. I was, I was an emotional wreck for sure. We both were, we both were crying all the time, but um, we actually were so busy with getting his big brother package ready. We had to do Mm -hmm. a lot of like behind the scenes stuff for the filming and stuff while like those Mm -hmm. last couple days. So those last couple days were super stressful because um, one thing people might not know is that there was no production that filmed the intros. Those were all self-taped mm. by us. Hmm. And so we were, okay. were doing that the last couple of days. And then um, the last day together, we just kind of just hung out. We just went, rode bikes. We got um, sushi from our favorite restaurant and hmm. that was it. Yeah. It was pretty chill. We didn't do anything crazy. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to literally just like do nothing with the person that you love. <laughs> yep. Sometimes like that can be the most romantic thing. It's like, I just enjoy doing nothing with you. Yeah, that's our life for the past three months. Yeah. Well, and I mean, being by yourself during a pandemic, not the funnest thing in the world, but it does sound like you have been very busy with your cookbook and um, all the businesses that you run. Um, How do you feel like you're coping with not only him being gone, but like just with life in general as it is these days, like other than being busy with work? Um, I've just been trying to stay busy because I know when I'm just like focused on like the work side of stuff, I don't really think about like being sad and stuff. So I've just been trying to like really just like channel everything, all my energy into the business and just like Mm. try and just take advantage of this opportunity and make the most of it. Yeah. But the cookbook has had me so busy. It's, I, Mm -hmm. I did not realize what a project it was. (laughs) Yeah. I I've like attempted at times to be like, yeah, I should do like a plant-based cookbook kind of a thing, but it is so much work as I look into it that I'm like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of work. It was a lot more than I expected, but it was fun. I really enjoyed the process and I'm, I'm so I'm beyond happy with how it's turned out. Yeah. And can you share a little bit about like what your experience was, just how you even got here to being plant-based and, um, you know, where people can find the book and, and kind of what, what, 
what drew you to even doing a book around being plant-based? Yeah. So, um, seven years ago when I was training for the Olympics, I picked up this book about veganism. I didn't know it was veganism. I was just like, Oh, health and nutrition. I love learning about nutrition. Open this book up. It happened to be about veganism. I read the whole thing and like my mind was blown. I was like, how is this possible? This literally negates everything I've ever thought about my diet. And like, that was something that I really focused on in track and field. Mm -hmm. I always felt like if I could get like a little bit of leg up with having my, my health at its very like peak performance, Mm -hmm. like that was my way to get ahead. And so, okay, well, this book is telling me that everything I've been doing is wrong. I was like, all right, well, I need to figure this out because I was like, so like distraught about this, like information. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go vegan for the next 30 days. I'm just going to cut out the cold turkey going vegan. And so um, I did it 30 days before my national track and field meet, like the biggest meet of the entire year. Like my coach was like, this is the dumbest thing you could possibly. (laughs) Your coach is like, not the best timing. (laughs) An idiot. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll do me. You worry about you. So I did it. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting to get like headaches and I was expecting to feel like tired. And like, I was expecting all these negative outcomes from it, which really goes Mm -hmm. to show, like, I feel like when you expect an outcome, you'll get that outcome, but it's not what it happened. Like I would eat. And instead of feeling like I was, I needed to go take a nap, I had a burst of energy and my skin looked better. And I had like knee pain that I had been dealing with for months and months and months. And it was getting better. I was like, okay, there's something with this diet. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to stick to it. And so I went to nationals that year and I placed six, which is like the top place that I've ever placed yeah. at nationals. I did amazing. And I just, I felt good. My mind felt clear. And I was like, this is how I meant to eat. And I do believe mm-hmm. that everybody is different. I think that you know, yeah. everybody's bodies are uniquely different. And so mm-hmm. what works for me might not work for someone else, but this is what works for me. And so I've kind of been vegan off and on for seven years now. And then this past Christmas, I was just feeling really lethargic and tired. My skin looked terrible. I felt bloated all the time. My stomach hurt. And I was like, I'm going to go back to veganism and I'm going to stay there this time. Because before I would go back, I would do it for a month. I would start feeling good again, Mm -hmm. holiday, and I would eat like turkey or whatever. And then it would just be like a downhill battle. So I was just like sick of the roller coaster. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to like stick to it this time. And I think, you know, what's made me stay with it this time was that Tyler did it with me and he's like, let's do this together. Mm. And you need Mm -hmm. that support. You really do. And um, Mm. so we started in January and we haven't looked back since. We absolutely love it. It's been like so fun getting to just like try new recipes and like it opens Mm -hmm. a world of like new possibilities. Like I was Mm -hmm. so used to like the chicken and broccoli and rice, chicken and broccoli and rice, like it's open. You can eat so many foods that are just like so much better than the actual thing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And people don't really, yeah. and I want people to know that. I just want to be like, just try these recipes. If you don't love them, like I will give you every penny back for your book, but you're going to love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it totally is a, like a whole new world when you do go plant-based because I feel like, like you said, people are so used to like the chicken, broccoli, rice, chicken, broccoli, rice, that there's like these meals that we've deemed to be healthy and balanced when really like there's so much variety in nature that 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 nature just offers us that is so nutritious and like our bodies crave that variety. I mean, I feel like we've totally deprived ourselves of that um, in our culture and just have, you know, primary food groups that we eat like potatoes and burgers. And, you know, it's like, there's so much more we could be doing with all of this. Um, And that's fantastic that Tyler's like joined along in that. I think that is one of the big battles that people experience in, you know, transitioning their diet is when they do have a partner and their partners may be um, eating very differently than they are. And that can kind of make things a bit difficult, but it sounds like Tyler was pretty open to this. Yeah. He's been so supportive. So, so supportive. And then like another thing that really kind of like sold us on it is like, there's so many other reasons to be plant-based. There's like our planet that we're destroying from animal farming that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. And like the more we dug into like veganism, the more we learned and it was just eye opening. It's shocking. It really crazy. And not just that, like animal, like the way animals are treated and like, why do we, why do we take care of a dog and not a pig? You know? Yeah. Yeah. When you take a step back from eating meat, you really start to see the animal's face. 
You don't see mm-hmm. it as a steak. You see it as a cow. You don't see it as a a pig. Like you, you see like the animal and it really, mm-hmm. like, you get to a point where you can never go back. And I think that's where we've yeah. far past. Yeah. Yeah. I went, um, in Calgary, I went to this, um, sanctuary for like abused and neglected farm animals, Alice's sanctuary. I did a episode literally in the middle of the farm with goats that were just like snuggling me as we recorded. And, uh, you know, the pigs that were there, they were so friendly. Like there's, first of all, pigs are like actually very smart and, they were like so lovey. Like they literally just wanted their bellies rubbed. And after that, I was like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> I know. They have like the intelligence of like a four-year-old kid I've read. Yeah. Wild. Can you imagine? Yeah. It makes my skin crawl. It really does. It's so, it's so, so sad. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy that you have, you know, kind of dug into this. And I think it is so important when people do have a platform to educate around our food systems and like the impact that that has. And, you know, certainly every body is going to be different and require different things. But I think, you know, moving towards a more plant-based diet seems to be the best overall for our the health overall of our culture and our, and our worlds, like regardless of what each individual body needs, like each individual body needs a healthy climate to live in. Right. And if transitioning, um, to a more plant-based diet helps do that, then I think that's like the way we should maybe be going. So I'm happy to see that like with the platform that you have, that you have had a focus on veganism and kind of that, that transition. Yeah. It's like, it's the one thing that I really want to use my platform to like, you know, spew out, but I want to do it in a way that's, um, not, it's not like not aggressive. I feel like sometimes veganism can be like shoved down people's throats and I want to do it in a very like like open manner that like is accepting of like transition. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just be straight vegan to like my, yeah. to like the food. You can try it. Mm-hmm. You can, have, you can be a meatless Monday and still be contributing. Like you yeah. be very gradual. And I'd like, absolutely. One of the re- like ways I want to like be able to like introduce people to this like new world that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I'm like, I, I almost want to ask like, well, what's coming up next for you? Cause I feel like you're just going to keep doing amazing things, but I'm also like, not girl, I want you to like also relax and like enjoy, enjoy life too. Um, so I'm curious if there is anything like up and coming for you and Tyler, like any kind of plans that you have there, whether it's business or, you know, relationship wise, uh, engagement, do you guys talk about everyone and kids in the future? Like what's, what's the plans? Yeah. I mean, I think we are both very clear that we're going to be with each other forever and we actually just bought a house. So we were, we're kind of doing it a little bit backwards. Uh, usually I don't know. I don't know if that's backwards house, but we got the house. And so, um, I know that he's going to be in my life forever and he knows that I'm going to be in his life forever, but we're taking it really slow. Like neither one of us is in a hurry, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know about engagement. I mean, you'd have to ask him that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're both on the same page though of knowing that you guys are going to be together for a while. And um, it's not a question of like, does she want to marry me? Like, it sounds like it's just a matter of, of timing on that. Yeah. 100%. We've talked about kids and stuff. Tyler loves kids. It's the cutest. Yeah. He's like such a, he's going to be such a good daddy one day. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you're going to make a fantastic mom too. A busy mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, hopefully maybe incorporating some balance to feel the feels, you know, um, certainly things, (laughs) yeah, certainly things are definitely like stressful right now for you. And, you know, I can only imagine being separated from your partner this much and also being as busy as you are also being in a pandemic. It's a lot to hold. Um, so I appreciate your time here today and would love for you to share a bit about like where people can find you and how they can get the book. Sure. So my personal Instagram is at Angela Rummins. And then my cookbook has its own Instagram and that is at Angela's underscore plant-based kitchen. And then you can pre-order the book at www.tangelainc.com. And that's actually the only place you can pre-order it right now. Um, it will eventually be available on Amazon, but not right now. And it should be shipping mid-September if everything goes as planned. But we are also in a pandemic, so it's caused a couple of hiccups so far. You can imagine. 
Yes, very understandable. And yeah, your your vegan your cookbook page uh, is absolutely gorgeous and is like major major inspo for plant based. So um, definitely hope people will check it out. And I'll put all of that in the episode notes so people can go and check all of that out. Um, but thank you so much for your time and for sharing. Yes, it was so nice getting to talk to you. All right. So that was Angela. And now we're going to transition into an interview with Chris Williams, known as Swaggy C, also on Big Brother and on The Challenge. And I'm going to apologize in advance, but also not apologize at the same time. Uh, I have moved outside onto my balcony for this recording as a part of self-care for the day, Um, something that I need for myself to continue to move through the workday. So uh, you might hear a car drive by and I apologize for that, but also so hope that uh, you can respect my honoring of what uh, my needs are <laughs> and um, also maybe help you feel outside as well and help maybe that can be a part of your self-care too. There's a lot of birds that you might hear chirping in the background. Um, so yeah. That's just a little disclaimer there, but uh, really, really excited to talk to Swaggy. Um, We've got uh, Instagram posts I'm going to go through with y'all that he made that I absolutely loved. Um, He's from Bridgeport. He grew up in the hood um, and is now making 300K in a year as a 24-year-old. And I'm just so, so, so excited to hear a little bit more about his life, his experience on Big Brother. He also has a partner, Bailey, who is on Big Brother currently, kind of like Angela. Um, So excited to get into that a little bit as well. So I'll stop talking now and we can talk to him. So with all of that said, uh, welcome Swaggy to the show. All right. So welcome to the show, Chris or Swaggy. I don't know which do you prefer. I don't know which to call you. I'm like, do I act like we're BFFs? And I'm like, yo, Swaggy, what's up? (laughs) Uh, no, nah, there's a camera on. My name is Swaggy. If it's like real life, it's Chris. Okay, okay. Well, Swaggy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, you've, I've been following you now, gosh, I want to say several months now, both you and Bailey. And um, oh, both of you are just seem like absolutely fantastic humans. No, oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate the compliment. Um, <laughs> I got to follow you back. I don't know if I'll follow you yet. Um, but yeah. Thank you for following me. Yeah. Like right now. It's a lot of plants and cats and vibrators and relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I just did a, a a vibrator post collab like three, four months ago. So I get it. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy to know that, that y'all are open with that. Y'all both, I mean, y'all are like a fine ass couple too. Like I've seen some of your savage oh, posts. Oh, we appreciate it. And I'm like, dang, they are killing it. It's all Bailey. It's <laughs> It's all Bailey. It's all Bailey. She's the, uh, you know, she's the the sexy one. I'm just the, the <laughs> husband in the background. I'll be chilling. No. So I do want to talk a little bit about um, your time with Big Brother, and that's where you and Bailey met. Um, and would love to talk a little bit about Big Brother stuff, but then I also want to talk about just your life and the things that you do too. Um, so, sure. I mean, how are you feeling right now? Because Bailey is away filming, and you're now going solo. Yeah, no, it's it's really weird because it's like I'm in the same position. I just wrote like in my journal to Bailey because the first time she was on, I had like a journal that I like made up online and I just printed all the pages out and like I gave it to her. So I'm doing the same thing again right now. And the first thing I wrote was like, all right, we're back in the same predicament where you're on the show, I'm home, evicted, and I'm writing a bunch of letters until I see you again. So it's it's a little weird, but like it's it's better now because when I first got off the show, it was like I got a big this. So I was still pissed about getting back door and I had to go back to Bridgeport. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, we're good. I'm in Los Angeles. She can go on the show. It's like, all right, cool. Like I'm and I got my dog Velvet. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm cool. And then whenever you get back, I'm good. But it still feels weird that it's the same position we were in two years ago. Yeah. Oh my God, you're killing me with this whole journal thing. That's so like sweet and sentimental and i mean i'm a words of affirmation kind of gal so just hearing that same same with me i'm words of affirmation yeah yeah, no like and it's not like i do it on microsoft word and i print it out it's like it's an actual book it's called cilantro i'm even shouting them out Mm. and you literally like in like a table of contents what's the like cover page the back cover page you write in it and you click place order and they literally make it into like a magazine book and you just give it to them. So that's so yeah, cute. I'll have to check that out. Um, was there any sure. kind of like advice that you gave Bailey before she left, or any kind of like how how do you guys prep for that? Yeah, I know. I just told her don't trust anybody this time because the first time, like 
on our season of BB20, me and her were the only two to get backdoored. Everybody else got a fair shot at the veto. Everybody else, you know, just got voted out. We literally got, like, backdoored. Like, the only two the entire season. Go back and watch the season. We're the only two. And I told her this time, I don't care who's smiling in your face, who's laughing at you, making deals. Unless you know them personally in real life, like Davon, we know Davon. Mm-hmm. Unless you know somebody personally, all these other people don't care about you. They don't care about you, me, or Velvet. They want to, like, they want you to get themselves to the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I just told her basically, be how you are, be the social butterfly, and talk to like baby talk. Like, she likes talking, mm-hmm. she likes being around people, but don't trust nobody. Yeah, that's got to be so hard when you're like living with people like around the clock <laughs> to have your yeah, walls up like that. Yeah, and you feel like you have to trust people because I mean you have to so, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that house and like there's no there's isolation from the real world, there's no TV, there's no phone. You feel like I have to trust this person, not like all right, I can put mm-hmm. fake trust. No, like all right, I've been with you for 20 days. I don't think you'll snake me. It's like no, the person still will. So dang. So are you are you like watching everything or like do you like discuss like boundaries around that of like if you're gonna watch or not? I feel like that's super tempting that you can literally just like turn on I'm and watch her anytime. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Uh, I'm like like you said in the beginning, I'm very busy. I don't have time to watch the live feed, but somebody will text me. Like even Courtney just texted me uh, a few days ago mm-hmm. saying, you know, Bay's talking about you. The fans will say it. The minute they say that, then it's like, all right, I'll go check the live feed really quick. Yeah. But I don't have the live feeds like propped up somewhere where I can just watch 24 <laughs> 7. It's only when somebody tells me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I almost like, I want to talk to someone who is doing that. Like, I want to be like, how do you process that? Like, it's weird. It's weird. Because I told myself I wasn't going to do it because last year when she was on the show or two years ago and I got mm-hmm. eliminated, the fans would tell me and I went on. Mm-hmm. When the live feeds just started this year with All Stars, I tried for the first hour to just mm-hmm. have it on my big screen and then me be on my monitor. Cause I have three monitors right here, 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 and here. Yeah. And me, like, you know what I mean, do my work here. And it's so, like, you can't focus mm-hmm. because it's like all these conversations and it's like, babe, it's like, all right, all right like, I got to turn it off. I'm not getting nowhere done. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, how do you find that you cope, like, emotionally being separated right now? Because it's not even like you're in a long distance relationship. It's like you literally have no communication for three months. Uh, um, emotionally, I'm fine because, like I said, I have a lot of things I do on a day to day basis that keeps up my time. And I get to watch her. Like, mm-hmm. she may be doing wrong because, like, she, she can't keep yeah. up with me. You know what I mean? I can turn on TV and see her anytime I want. So, if I need to, because she talks to the camera, she's like, so I get you, love you, make sure you're good, X, Y, and Z. Anytime I need to hear that, I can just turn the live feed on. She can't do that. So it's more so her. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Ugh. I'm a, I'm a therapist. And so I'm always like wanting to know, I'm like, how are people coping? Really? Like, how are, like, <laughs> how are you feeling your feelings through this? And I know that like staying busy yeah. is often like a coping mechanism of just like, if I'm really busy, then I don't have to deal with this stuff and I don't have to like sit with it. Um, but I mean, it's such a strange dynamic that like, I don't know. I just can't imagine being in, in that position of just being able to like turn yeah. it on and watch and they're right there, but like <laughs> no communication. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, luckily I'm used to it because we did two different shows right now. And the second one, I got eliminated before her again. So I'm, I'm used to, you know what I mean? I'm used to being home and she's on a show. Yeah. Did like, was there any conversation of like feeling like if the two of you weren't doing it together that like you shouldn't do it? Like what was the motivation for her to go on again? No. No, I actually quit reality TV about two months ago. So you'll never see me on another game show. You won't see me on the challenge again. You won't, like, I don't want to do it no more. Mm. And when Big Brother called for All-Stars, like, luckily they called for her. Because they called for me, I would have said no. You know what mm. I mean? But they called for her. And for her, it was like, All-Stars comes around once every, I don't know, this is the second time in 15 years. So it's like, you can't really turn that down, especially if they're calling you an all-star out of the 400 whatever contestants. Yeah. So, like, that was the only motivation worse. And on top of that, like, she wants to be, like, the first black female winner of Big Brother. Mm. Let's take away celebrity with Tamar. Shout out to her. But, like, actual the 22 seasons. Clint be the first. So, it's, it, it's not really a money thing that we're going mm. for. It's more so representation. establishing representation. And if she don't get that, then that's what it is. As long as Davon or somebody, you know mm. what I mean, like, wins, it's time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... I'm wondering what, like, if you experience, uh, first, I mean, I would love to hear a little bit about, like, your decision in quitting reality TV and, like, what led up to that. But then also, I mean, 
I know from my own background, I was on Bachelor and, and Bachelor in Paradise and like the diversity right. issues there. But I'm wondering how that is for Big Brother, like if how diversity played a role, like if there was inclusion, if we feel like they're taking the right steps or what that experience is like being a black man on a show like that. Yeah, I feel like um, for the last 20 years, Big Brother has done like a terrible job with like diversity just in general because it's only like every year it's only one black person or two black people and one gay person and then the rest is just all white. Like literally that's all there is. And it's like, that's not representation. This year they did a great job. It's like eight people of color and like eight, you know, straight Caucasians. It's like, wow, okay, you know, we have that. The challenge has been exceptional, Mm -hmm. like above and beyond over the last, I don't know, however many, like you can go decades back. It's like, like, they always had, you know, they always were diverse. And they they weren't like, all right, we got two people. That's the limit. Like, Mm -hmm. if they wanted to have a castle of 10 black people, they could do that. Because they they really didn't care so much about the race. They more so cared about, all right, who's going to give us the best TV show? And that's what I love about the challenge. Mm -hmm. Like like I said, like, me quitting reality TV had nothing to do with the producers. It was more so the people and the fans. The producers from both shows are nothing but amazing to me, you know? Yeah. Well, I know last year there was a bunch of, like, racist shit that happened or something like that, um, that there were people... For Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on Big Brother. Um, But you're saying it's kind of from, like, not necessarily how the show is running itself, but the people, the your fellow fellow contestants, and how the fan base is that makes you want to quit reality TV. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I I wouldn't say, like... The pro- not the producers, but like the network to a certain extent yeah. is a reason because like, I know like they can they can narrate however they want. They can put me in any type of narrative yeah. they want, like whether it's true or, or false. I had to watch the challenge paint a narrative of Bailey and Casey that was mm-hmm. completely false, and they spun it around. Yeah. And Bailey, and Casey knew they both knew it was false, but they you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like, all right, you guys can spin whatever narrative you want. This is not what I want to do. But that is probably like three to four percent out of why I left. The rest was the actual people in the fans, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the piece that a lot of people don't see or understand. Like part of why the representation and the inclusion and hearing stories from black indigenous people of color is important is a, to have that reflected, but also to help help make that less of a rarity, right? Because the fan base of most reality TV shows um, that are pretty mainstream and on large networks, right, are a predominantly white audience. And they're they're not exposed to that diversity in their own personal lives unless it's, you know, jamming out to Cardi B and appropriating black culture when they want want to. Um, Yeah, for sure. But I think then people miss the mark on understanding where like people of color on shows experience a shit ton of racism from the fans. <laughs> I mean, that was part of it for me that it was like getting messages that were super fucking rude. That was just like, okay, I guess I don't belong here then. Yeah. It's super bad. The fans don't care. It's like, I, we can say something and then like somebody completely else can say the exact same thing and they will try to find yeah. a reason for why it makes sense for that person and why I can't say it. Like, it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So this is why I was like, I don't have the time to, if this is what you're going to do, like I saw it with Big Brother, I'm like, all right, maybe it's just, you know, one time. Then I got on the challenge and the fans are the same way. And it's like, nah, it's, it's clearly the fans. Like you guys have some type of illness where it's like you guys do not like. And you guys can say, oh, it's not because you're black. Why when I say something or act yeah. a certain way and somebody else is different? I have a nickname. Your favorites have nicknames. Oh, you can't call yourself swaggy, but people can call themselves bananas and rock star mm-hmm. and Johnny Mac. And I'm like, oh, like that, that makes no sense. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? So it's like. It's, it's, it's hypocritical and, and it's just annoying, which is why it's like, all right, I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Plus, I mean, you are like hella entrepreneur. I feel like you do so many things. And I would, <laughs> I love, lot, yeah. would love to get a bit into that. Um, you grew up uh, in Bridgeport and I've been through Bridgeport. Um, have you? I have. Um, I also, my ex was living in Stamford for a while, so oh, I close. was up there. Oh, that's 20 minutes away. Yep. Yeah, 20 um, minutes away. Yeah, and I was like, mm, I don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, it's not the place at all. Yeah, I definitely did not. I'm sorry, there's a recycling truck going by. This was, mm. this was part of my self-care today, was to sit outside during this. Uh, did a disclaimer for listeners. So there we go. That's recycling truck. Um, but (laughs) 
I definitely felt like, okay, this is like not an area I belong. I felt like I was in like Stepford Housewives in Stanford and was like the only non-white person and the other people who were non-white were like incredibly gentrified. Like this is not even close. And Stanford is actually becoming a city where it's like gentrified in general. Like, mm-hmm. like the black people are actually leaving Stanford and actually migrating to Bridgeport, New Haven, and Hartford. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three basically acceptable cities to live in if you're black. If you're a black man living in Greenwich, you better have some money. Yep. If you're in Stanford, you better be, you know what I mean? Like you got to have your income raising through the gentrification. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a lot right now what's going on with CT because realistically, Connecticut, not even realistically, factually, Connecticut is the richest state in America. Like, mm. it's not even close. Like, they're the richest state in America. And then you got every st- every city in Connecticut is rich, except Bridgeport, New Haven, Stanford, and Hartford. What do they want to do? They want to make sure it's four cities out of, like, mm-hmm. 30, 40, and all of them are rich except for four. Now we got to make sure the whole city of Connecticut or state of Connecticut is rich. So yeah. it's like, it's all going to get gentrified. Yeah, well, and part of your, like... <sighs> I would love for you to tell a little bit of your story here. You dropped out of your senior year of school to basically pursue being an entrepreneur. And a lot of what you do is around yeah. like helping create black wealth. Yeah. So um, I dropped out of college uh, before my senior year started. because I felt like I didn't feel like college necessarily was a scam, but I felt like taking out loans, especially going for a business degree that you can't declare bankruptcy on, when you, if you're, you know, defaulting on your loans, is a scam in that sense. Where it's like, um, why am I? And like I said, this is my mindset. When I was, I think, 20 years old, I was like, why am I learning how to run a business from somebody who does not own a business herself? Nope, let me figure it out myself. So I dropped out and like, you know what? I'd rather go with it myself, save some money, and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Look at you with Thank with you. your maids. Good for you. Oh my god, I'm sorry. They just <laughs> rung the doorbell. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I do they want to come over to my place next. I can use some help. <laughs> right. Oh, I was about to be spotless. but um. Uh, yeah, so I dropped out and then I started babysitting in Greenwich, which is the richest city yeah. in Connecticut. I started babysitting and all that stuff. So like, cause I didn't want to work at the previous place I was working at JC Penny and like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be coming at nine, leaving at this time, yeah. only make X amount of money. I wanted to get like actual cash. So babysat there and I just tried to figure out how to day trade and how to invest in the market and how to, you know, control my money. Mm-hmm. And then over time it just added up. Now I'm six, seven years in, I like five, six years in. And now it just all paid off. And now it's like, I know everything that I'm doing when it comes to the market and investing mm-hmm. with my money in general. That's why everybody sees like the the massive growth that's going on my, my Instagram. I went from mm-hmm. living in Missouri to like a penthouse in Los Angeles. Like, you know, it's not, that didn't happen overnight. That was an accumulation of years of studies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to bring up one of your Instagram posts because this got sent to me um, a few times when after George Floyd and when, you know, white people were becoming woke to the issues of black people. Um, and one of the questions that I think... <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of white people pose sometimes is like, you know, why, why are black people flashy? Right. Why do they need to show all this stuff? Right. Like, but in rap music, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's acceptable and white people love it. Um, and they love it. yeah. And I, I want to read through this post that you, um, Sure. This was on June 7th. You said, I post a lot about money, cars, the market, the finer things in life because I'm a successful black man. Statistically, I'm not supposed to be here, especially being from Bridgeport, Connecticut. But I'm not supposed to be rich. I'm not supposed to be getting interviewed by Forbes and Yahoo Finance in a few weeks. I'm not supposed to be living in downtown LA. I'm supposed to be in a few gangs, robbing stores and causing problems for no reason. (laughs) But I'm not. And the fact of the matter is, all caps, most blacks aren't understand what black lives matters means it means that our lives are just as it means that our lives matter just as much as the next and it's not being treated as such especially by the feds i'm going to continue to be my true unapologetic self and i hope every black person continues to do to do so as well braids on black people's hair is not unprofessional driving an expensive car doesn't mean we stole it we can be the president of a company we can do it all let's keep moving let's keep pushing let's keep changing the narrative i'm black educated successful and very very proud <laughs> and when I read yeah, that, my I was just like, very, I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> my, my captions are very, very detailed um, on Instagram. I try to tell a story with yeah. like, all of my posts. I don't try to just do like a, a lyric. I try to tell like an actual story. No, I absolutely love that. And that's why I was like, he's someone I can get down with following because there's depth here and there's purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I try to have purpose because it's like, 
a lot of people do raise that question where it's like, why are you so flashy? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's crazy because people have this selective memory where it's like, when I got a big, big brother and Bailey's family was like known as, all right, they have money. They're not like rich, but they mm-hmm. have no money. And you are coming from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh, she's above you. You're X, Y, and Z. You don't like, mm-hmm. I was studying the market, but you don't got a job. You can't take care of her. I got her the ring. Her parents paid for her, got the house. Her parents paid for the house. And it's like, they did that for years. Mm-hmm. Kept saying I'm all of this. And then it's like, when I finally show y'all, no, I'm really making money. It's like, which one do y'all want? Y'all want me to not say a single word and just live my life and then y'all can clown me? Yeah. Or me be overly flashy and it's like, oh yeah, we know he's rich, but he talks too much. It's like, now, now I'm going to talk shit. You know what I mean? So that's why it got annoying because it's like, statistically, like I said, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably like in the 1% or 2% of people in Bridgeport Connecticut who have made it out. And black people in general, how many black billionaires are there? Like, I, the top 10 is, you know, Zuckerberg and, and like yep. the Google... Saka, I mean, Saka, Chris Saka, mm-hmm. and, you know, like all of them, mm-hmm. GoPro, yeah, Gates, Buffett, all of them. And it's like, how many, how far down you got to go to the black person? And then you go to all the millionaires and it's like, okay, obviously the NBA and all that stuff, but like how many black millionaires are there in comparison? It's like, yeah. all right, statistically, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, you know, Bailey was driving a, a nice car at like, I think 17, 18 years old. And the cop stopped her and asked her who car it was. She was like, it's my car. And like, they didn't believe her until they sh- she showed her ID and registration. Yeah. And then they realized who her last name was because like yeah. her family's kind of big and in like, the And like, what, and like oh. what white person's getting pulled over and the cop is asking, is this your car? Like for what? Like, they're going to say, oh, like you're speeding. Like, let me see your no, yeah. license, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Cool. Whose car is this? That's not the question. Ask my ID. I'll give you my ID. Don't mm-hmm. ask who car is this. Yeah. So it's like, it's like all of those you know, situations happen. Like, I got to make sure, like, if I get stopped in the middle of the night, I'm not scared. Unfortunately, I did get stopped in the middle of the night one time, mm-hmm. but it was, like, when I was 19 years old. I did get, like, taken out the car, guns drawn, all that stuff, but that was years ago. But that's my reality. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I have these things, it's like, yeah, I have money. Yeah, I'm educated. Like, you, you, you can put me... You can put me in the hood and I can hang around all the, you know, the neighborhood cribs and mm-hmm. I can feel normal because that was my reality at 14, 15 years old. You can put me on Wall Street and I can talk to you about Fibonacci technical analysis until everybody knows, like, oh, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, I'm educated. So yeah. it's like, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, I mean, you like, you have clients and you have people that you work with to help essentially coach them, would you say, on how to do day trading and how to like invest their money, the Swag Academy? Yeah, so I have like I have two different businesses right now, and in that one, I have I think twelve to fifteen people working for me. Like I have like employees, like who all work for me, so yeah. it makes my life a lot easier. Then I'm using that and my own day trading money and YouTube because I get paid a lot from YouTube as well. Because like for some reason, if you make finance videos in comparison to vlog videos, I don't know the CPM, but like mm-hmm. I can get a hundred thousand views off a vlog and a hundred thousand views off a day trading. And I will make way more on AdSense on day trading because of the, the, the people paying more for the ads for finance as opposed to yeah. watching a day in the life of a couple. You know what I mean? So, I, like I said, I forgot how, how the CPM works, but I know I've done both. And I get way more money day trading. So, it's like with all three, I plan on starting three businesses hmm. next year. And I'm going back to my hometown in Bridgeport and I'm going to build a big ass gym. Oh, dang. And I'm going to own it. So, I got, I got some plans coming up soon. Yeah, so. you do. Dang. I mean, that's absolutely I fantastic. Um, we only have a little bit of time left. And one thing I definitely want to ask you selfishly here, um, related to Big Brother, is how do people have sex in this house? Because you're being watched oh, all the time. Oh, you're person, clearly. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. watched all the time. I can't even imagine. I mean, I feel like you're fairly open about sex. We've talked about vibrators already. Um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, I never had sex on Bachelor when we were filming because I was like, mm-mm, nope. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. No, me and Bailey are actually very open. So, clearly, Bailey got pregnant on Big Brother. Yeah. So, we had to have had sex one mm-hmm. time. You know what I mean? So, um, we... In two different scenarios, one was the, the everybody knows that the HOH bathroom, that's the, not the bathroom, the shower, that's the only place that there's no cameras in. Mm-hmm. So, like, everybody, like, knows that's a given. Like, people people really masturbate in there and have, like, everybody is in that shower, which is crazy. Yeah. But the other time where she actually got pregnant was just a regular room and it was just dark. But, like, mm-hmm. you can have sex, but it's like, you just can't move because, like, even though it's pitch black and dark, the cameras can see. So, it's just, literally just like this the whole time. Like, you can't really move. But the cameras can see you. And then they call you into the diary room 20 minutes later, like, 
So what happened? It's like, yeah. what do you want to know? Like, so how are you? How are you <laughs> having sex and just not moving? <laughs> like it's literally just like your your lower half moving, but like but like y- y- your face because you can't really make facial reactions because they can see you in the dark. So it's just like this the whole time. But like your lower half is moving, so it's just so weird. The challenge is so much different and easier because the challenge doesn't have physical cameras. It's actual cameramen yeah. running around and recording you. Mm-hmm. And, like, they take breaks all the time. Yeah. And, and, and mind you, they know, like, if you're about to have sex, they will not record. They're like, all right, go ahead, do your thing. Just come back out, put the microphone on, and talk to us when, like, we have a storyline. Yeah. Like, the challenge is very storyline-based. So, like, all right, you're about to, like, people will literally be like, yo, I'm about to go fight with this person, bring the camera. Yeah. And the cameras will get up and yep. go to film them. Yeah. Big Brother is, like, 24-7. You got to mm-hmm. be very, very careful with that. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for that to be like Crazy. your first sexual experiences on the show to be like, you know, very um, boxed in almost, right? That then in. like when you <laughs> yeah. get out of that, are you then just like going wild? <laughs> yeah, it's like anything after that is just is better. So yeah, you, you can imagine going from just mm-hmm. like a few minutes of like, you know, stale and not moving to like, yeah. all right, like. I can look over here. There's no cameras. I can lock the door. There's no, I can close the blinds. Oh, say less. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a big difference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine so. Um, and I mean, I know you said you did a, this was a YouTube uh, video, right? On vibrators. Yeah, we did a, um, a YouTube cause we had a, a plus one collaboration. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we did an Instagram post and a YouTube post on it, but we talked about it a little bit because like, you know, like we got sent it and like use it and stuff. It's actually really dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, wow, okay, like toys are not meant just for like individual stuff. Like you can definitely incorporate it as a couple. And it's like it de- it actually enhances the experience mm-hmm. experience as opposed to all oh, where we need a prop. No, it's just, it makes it more yeah. interesting sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, Plus One has sponsored the podcast in the past and they're fantastic. I've got a few of their toys that I love. Um, I want to ask, first of all, I'm like, can we be BFFs now? Because there's like a thousand things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the one of the things I don't think we've ever really discussed on the show um, is like for partners using toys that typically like they, typically women that write into the show or even that follow me on Instagram will ask things like you know how do i go about introducing this to my, my my male partner like he he considers toys a threat or feels like i'm saying that he's not pleasing me well enough and like yeah. how for you as a man incorporating this into your sex life with bailey did that feel for you i think it was more so of like a, a mutual thing because it wasn't like a like when you're married, you always try to find the next thing that enhances your life. Like, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You know what I mean? It's only so many times you can have just regular, full-on, physical, relaxing sex and, like, without even doing anything or, like, changing location. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's only so many times. So it was, like, we both suggested it or one person did it. was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, I think men got to, like, lower their ego. It's not so much about you're not doing something right. You're doing everything right. Yeah. But let's enhance the experiment times 30. Let's, let's get crazier. Let's mm-hmm. have more fun. Why do we have to, like oh, to feed your ego, let's do nothing but your yeah. hands. And like, no, it makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, you sound like a very secure, confident man when it comes to that. So I'm real happy that Bailey's got you. Um, <laughs> do you have any, like, recommendation of, like, what your favorite toy is to use or, like, one that you would recommend, uh, you know, uh, the primary female listeners that, that listen to this that they might want to introduce with their male partner? primary honestly probably just a a, a regular a vibrator like just, just a, a regular basic one in the middle of, of sex as well um because mm-hmm. like baby's been gone for a while so i don't i don't think no more and then i've yeah. been so locked in on business like that's one of the things basically been getting on me a lot the last few months was like like you've been so locked in and, and becoming this multi-millionaire and then you get the multi-million and you want more instead of just sitting in yeah you know like smelling the roses yep. and like now I'm, I'm wasting her quality time because it's like i work all day and it's like I, I'd say it in my Secure the Swag show on YouTube I said like I work all day then it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm laying in bed with Bailey and she expects a conversation words of affirmation yep. or even physical inti- like intimacy 
I'm just like, babe, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I've been working all day, and it's not fair to her. Yeah. So I had to really reel back, and that's why I hired employees. So mm-hmm. I can do this right now, and my business is still going, and I can just you know start trading when this is done, and then spend time with Bailey, and I have all the energy in the world. So absolutely, I mean, it's about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> that's, that's all it is, right? Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, but no, that takes a lot, and I love that you like actually listened and reflected on where you were at in your life and made those adjustments to be able to delegate and to say, I don't have to be doing all of this myself. I want to be present in other areas of my life that matter to me, not just my work. Um, And I think that's a really hard step for people to take sometimes because it also does involve the ego a bit, right? Of being like, this is mine. I'm building this. I need to do this. Uh, A sense of feeling needed sometimes plays a part in that, right? And I think it's fantastic. It does. Mm-hmm. But you got to realize that in being two minutes as well, I thought about this. It's like, I can, okay, I can make $7 million and do everything myself, or I can make five point two, and everybody does everything for me, and I don't got to, like, $2 million less? Why the fuck not? Like, yeah, I like, I don't you're going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. I don't need the extra, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's no point. So that's when Bailey brought it to my attention where it's like, do you really want the money, or do you want a little bit of money, but mm-hmm. everything is good? I'm like, first of all, Anything over a million without a little bit of money. So I'll, I'll take anything. So I, I had to realize that, all right, cool. Mm. I'll make sure you're my priority. Because the only reason I'm making this money is for you. So you can have a yeah. life of security. You don't got to worry about nothing. And if you're, if you're not even happy with the money I'm making... Then it's like, then all what's right, the let point? Me give you quality time. What's the point? Exactly. That is, I mean, I feel like y'all want to come over and have a like FaceTime call because y'all need to talk to my people sometimes. I feel like um, a lot of conversations <laughs> we have is we won't even fit in this uh, this podcast. I know, like, I feel like we we're gonna need to bring Bailey in and do like a three way podcast here. But I mean, to that point, you know, I've had a lot of uh, partners who have been entrepreneurs and have had these goals of becoming multimillionaires, and I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Like, if you want to be able to make a million dollars to then be able to, like, enjoy your life, yet you then have fucked everything else in your life to get that million dollars, then what is the purpose of that? There's no end goal. It makes no sense. Like, it makes zero sense. So that's why it's like, all right, the only person who was complaining was my wife. Now she's 100% happy. Mm -hmm. Then Big Brother calls. So the last, you can imagine the last two months were like, it was just amazing. Just having it. Everything good. Like, I found the balance. She knows she's going on Big Brother. And that's why in her ET interview, she said, me going on Big Brother is actually a break for Swagger so he can work his ass off for three <laughs> months. And when I come back, then we're going to Thailand for literally five months. I'm not saying a word to nobody. Yes. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, and then she'll have your the book that you'll be able to give to her, too. Yeah. The minute she comes... Oh, so I, I have a lot of things for baby when she gets out. So I'm excited when she gets out because I have a lot of gifts for her when she gets out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm very... I'm. She says, she says it all the time. I'm like a... I'm a gift giving person. Like yeah. I love affirmations and baby loves, you know, her thing is, um, what is it? Acts of service. Yeah. So yeah. I make sure everything's done. That's why I make sure like the house mm-hmm. is clean. We have a private chef, so we don't got to cook food. Like everything's good. So all we got to do <laughs> is over? love each other. <laughs> right. Where's my all we gotta do is love each other. That's what I'm saying. All we got to do is love each other. Yeah. And then I will give gifts on top of that, mm-hmm. but only when everything is automated. So. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I'm so happy that you came on and like already felt like this is going to be a great convo, but I'm like, this is so fantastic and would love to have you back on again with Bailey maybe when you guys, when she gets back um, after your five months trip in Thailand and, (laughs) you know, all the, all the, all the quality time spent together. Um, But would love for you to share just a bit about where people can find you, um, any other kind of things that you have up and coming, how people can like become a client, aka myself because like <laughs> i need to learn how to invest yeah. nah, nah. um so my social media is swaggy ctv everywhere if you want to learn how to invest or day trade or just control your money it doesn't even have to be investing in general just how to be better with your money go to go to www.theswaggyacademy.com if you want to see what goes on in my life on a day-to-day basis because you won't see me on reality tv go to youtube and type secure the swag and it's like i'm on episode eight right now I just dropped an episode of like a day in the life of a millionaire uh, two days ago and it's going crazy right now. So follow me on YouTube, Secure the Swag, and um, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. What is like the number one financial tip you could give? Like what would be Be like... like, What were you about to say? Like what would be like the number one like best tip for people to know? You got to like literally the, the main thing about people losing money is they don't understand how money works. Not just so much 
oh, I need to budget. It's not about that. You got to understand how inflation works, how the government and the monetary policy works with the currency. And then how does that work with like, all right, what I want to do in life? Am I happy with my career? If I'm not happy with my career, what would make me happy? Okay, how much money do I need to live per month? All right, cool. This is how much I make already. I can balance it out with like an actual sheet, but I have extra money left over. Now I need to work month by month, use that extra money to fund what I really want to do. And then just like I said about the seven to five million, do you really need you know, 8,000 a month working at GE, or do you want to make 5,000, you know, hosting your own podcast or, or working from your phone and it's everything is on your own. Like then you got to figure out, you know, what your lifestyle really needs. You got, you really got to drive a Tesla when you only make 50,000 a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's just, just a lot, it's a lot of things and people mm-hmm. don't understand how money works. And that's why they are some, most people are terrible at it. Yeah. They don't understand how it works. It has a language. It's like a second language. Yeah, not my language. I majored in words, not numbers. That's what I always tell people. Like with a client, like something with like money will come up. And I'm like, yeah, I majored in words, not numbers. This is not my forte. <laughs> yeah, I'm very good with words. <laughs> yeah, well, so are you. Um, so thank you again so much. It's been absolutely fantastic and very energy giving to my day. So I appreciate you. No, I appreciate it. Now the camera's going to cut off. Now Chris is going to just relax for a little bit. Swaggy's <laughs> going away for a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Go enjoy yourself. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. I'll highlight you. Thanks, guys. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.